And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hear that podcast growling, mean and angry. Hear that local shouting, it's Dainer and Dave Ninimitz. It's Dainer and Dave Ninimitz. All right, welcome to the latest edition of Hear That Podcast Growling. Paul Ainer Jr. and Dave Ninimitz of The Athletic. Excited to be with you here. On a Tuesday, or should I say, Paul Eater Jr. and Dave Ninimitz. <laughs> I'm so I, excited about that, Dave. Yeah, I was pretty happy the way the uh, the intro turned out. And nothing <laughs> nothing brings down the excitement of a YMCA-like uh, opening than just a, just a disinterested voicemail name reading. <laughs> so hopefully I, when, I, we, I when love, we get some other guests, we need that on there, too. That's I mean, happening. That's yeah. the, I I once I heard how how much I loved that because everybody has done this said their name into the work voicemail yeah. and everyone has done this and now and it's perfect because everyone and everyone also knows the song is supposed to say it's Dana and Jay <laughs> and then you get that it's just everything about it's right and so now I can get people to do their work voicemail names for me every time i have a guest yeah. on and that and just that really excites me the brilliance was you telling me say it like you would your voice work man i knew exactly what you meant by that so we've all done it we've all yeah. done it yeah. uh so i'm excited about that new intro of course the bangle boys uh who cut that for us originally back in the day um we're keeping that around just because it's so good and uh, we're just dropping in our little edit with whoever our guest is that week because it's not always going to be dave sometimes it'll be many other people i think when we have jay on because we're going to have jay on i'm going to make jay yeah. do the work voicemail over top of his own name yeah i'm, I'm kind of bummed you just announced that yeah that would have been great to just do it but i think <laughs> it'll give everybody something to look forward to yeah okay you're right i'll edit that out because <laughs> i have all the editing power now dave that's this true. is my show i am in control that's true which means i only get to blame when things go wrong <laughs> uh we've got a lot to get to though so um uh some promos some stuff that's coming up i, I robert mays was in town we had a, a a really good conversation for the athletic football show which will be out this weekend uh keep an eye out for that on saturday but i'll also drop it onto this feed uh, that's great. Um, I have a rookie report coming up. We're going to really focus on the rookies here later on in the show here. I, I know people want to know how everybody's looking. A lot of this is known quantities here in camp right now because the Bengals have so much continuity. The rookies are really the new thing. And I spent a lot of time this past week, Dave, a lot of time uh, doing research, Noted. talking to as many people as I can on how every rookie has really looked uh, you know, the development they need to see as we approach that first preseason game and they all kind of get their shots. So we're I'm going to get into that later. Of course, Mo Egger will join us. I'm going to hop one player from the rookie report forward because, I mean, I can't talk about Andre Yoshibash's uh, star turn without <laughs> having Mo on because we knew yeah. he predicted this long ago. Long, yeah. long ago. 
Yeah, that's uh, you, you got to serve that up to Mo and just let yeah. him have his have his Mo mint. Is oh, that a look, segment? Look, Is there he's a done that before. Be? Yeah, I think yeah. he's done every variation of the word <laughs> Mo at some point. Uh, and so uh, we'll, we'll, I'll make sure we're going to feed that up for him. But lots of stuff on the rookies coming later on. Uh, joint practice with the Packers is coming up on Wednesday. And then, of course, the preseason game against the Packers on Friday. Dave and I will have a walkout for you after the preseason game um, to wrap up everything we see from the majesty that is preseason game number one um, Mm -hmm. at Paycor Stadium. Uh, So hopefully uh, you guys all will enjoy that. So that's what's kind of coming up uh, in today's show. Uh, A lot of others, a lot of news, a lot of news to get to. Obviously, it's been a minute since we uh, have been on here. So I want to kind of go a little bit through a bunch of them. Burrow, I have a story up on Jonah Williams, of course, the Logan Wilson extension, wrote about that uh, at length. All of that stuff up on The Athletic, but we're going to talk through a little bit. There's a bunch of, bunch of little nuggets out here, uh, smaller things to get through, some camp observations. I, I mean, I just keep saying it, and I'm like, we may be taking a lot more time than we anticipated. Because <laughs> I, I say it all right like that. Yeah. Uh, but it's we're gonna go. Let's, show. Yeah, let's let's go. Let's start. Well, where we always have to start, we are legally obligated to start, and that is with Joe Burrow and his strained right calf. Um, Dave, I hurt my knee uh, hanging uh, <laughs> hanging a giant rainbow decal <laughs> wallpaper in my daughter's room. Uh, I was on a ladder, then I was on a bunk bed when I went to get Man. down, I hurt my knee, and I went and I had to get it checked out, and they gave me a compression sleeve, uh, and yeah. everyone thinks that I'm wearing some sort of sympathy compression <laughs> sleeve, or some way to like create a connection and small talk with Burrow about his calf. This is not the case. I legitimately hurt myself. People saw me uh, in that, I don't know, picture that I... Uh, posted and are like oh sympathy compression sleeve i see <laughs> but you know what me and joe burrow again like i said a couple weeks ago same guy yeah same guy i mean i if irv smith has a compression sleeve you know i'm gonna have one <laughs> so uh it makes sense and i don't know that you could have made up that story i mean it was very specific so if you did kudos to you for the yeah. the rainbow sticker story or whatever that was yeah it's important it's a giant <laughs> rainbow and we have very high ceilings uh-huh. not the point the point is i didn't go up to joe and say hey uh what uh <laughs> what, what 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 make and model you got there on that baby <laughs> this wasn't like a this wasn't like a kid getting air jordans because he wants to jump like mike no you're not no. just getting it because you want to be like joe this is me being old and broken but in yeah, terms of I in terms of burrow you know we have the latest i guess is is jamar chase's comments to nfl network which did they were uh it was an antenna a little bit because Jamar, like he's the one guy that just says stuff. Okay. Yeah. And he says he and he knows Joe. And he's he's the one guy who's not gonna be tight lipped, who's not gonna care, who likes to mess with Joe too, and mess with us. But yeah. I, I think there was one point two take away from this day, in my in my opinion, from his comments, which were essentially he I don't even want him to come to Cleveland. He shouldn't even play week one because we want to make sure that he's ready for the long run and not worry about that. I, that is his way of taking his situation from last year, yeah. which he took an extra week even after when he was could have been back and, and missed the game against Tennessee, focusing on the big picture. And the thought being that Burrow should absolutely be fine if all goes to plan, 
by the time they go to Cleveland, that would probably be considered an extra, extra week just to be totally sure. And uh, and he also does. I mean, he does like to screw with us a little bit. <laughs> you know, I think mean, he just he likes to say things yeah. and make people talk a little bit, too. Um, and so I, I don't think it's funny because I don't always pay attention to the national reaction to things. We're busy here internally and like kind of doing our own thing. And we know what what's what. And someone pointed out to me something on a couple of shows talking about, like, is he going to be back by week five? Because at one point, Jamar mentioned, like, I just (laughs) want him here by week five and on his point being like, that's when you need to start get things going. Because last year, that's when they got things going. No one's saying Joe Burrow's out till week five. (laughs) But no no one thinks that it's it's the world we're in now. I mean, um, you know anyone says anything and it gets picked apart especially when you're talking about somebody that high profile i was watching that interview it seemed like he and brian baldinger were in a very loose mood in terms of how they were talking so i didn't you know as i was watching and i wasn't oh dear god you know we're gonna miss a quarter of the season of joe burrow he has a good point that makes sure it's totally healed i mean you look at the last couple years with the slow starts um they bounced back and they were going strong when it mattered. So you want to be as strong as you can when it matters. You don't want to lose those early games. There's no doubt about that, but I get what he was saying, but I also get why it would be a little annoying to him that that gets like this, a Bruder film broken down frame by frame to figure out the inflection of his voice. And did he really mean that? So yeah, people are going to read into everything these days. Though. Yeah, and, and he came back and said, I a hundred percent meant that. Like I, I yeah. don't want him to play if he is not undeniably, unequivocally, 100%. If that means him missing week one, so what is kind of his thing. Like, that doesn't matter. He's thinking about big picture, not small picture. And I think that is – Jamar does it in Jamar way, but yeah. that's the way the whole organization feels about this, okay? Yeah. They, they're not going to sweat missing a week one if it came to that. I don't think anyone thinks it's going to come to that or that's even yeah. what this is about. I think that is just their way of saying, like, this is all about the big picture with this injury. Yeah. And you know that if you listen to this podcast or read my story, that's what this injury is all about, is the only way this thing becomes a big picture issue is if you do try to come back early. Maybe Jamar read my story. He did. I guarantee he did. Yeah. Thanks, Jamar. We'll take the clicks. (laughs) I hope you subscribe. (laughs) uh so that's that's kind of where that is at one thing i'll say you know we always have to give updates on joe burrow in the locker room judge the gate what's he wearing (laughs) i'll i'll just say this as a small option we're not i'm i don't like it's weird i don't want to be sitting there staring at joe as he's at his locker don't do that but you just you notice everybody just i mean and with him my man is stewing. He I, he clearly is not happy with this. Like <laughs> yeah. he is just you can just tell he can't like the fact that he can't participate. Everybody's getting to play. This dude is wired like no other to love football. And if you not, people that love football love training camp and the process, okay? Yeah. He's not getting to do any of it. And you can tell like he's just like god this sucks. I, I think he's getting I'm like, I don't want to put words in his mouth or thoughts in his brain. But just as a as an observation, it feels like he's a guy who's like, Jesus, I he, this stinks having to well, sit the, here and watch the, these guys play. The day before he heard it was his presser where he was talking about how excited he was mm-hmm. to have a full camp for once. And 
I thought that was very genuine. He seemed like a guy who was really chomping at the bit to get out there and, and really have a legit training camp. Now with the contract situation, I mean, it makes sense from a standpoint for him and his agent to not rush anything either, but you can tell how competitive the guy, I mean, we know how competitive he is, but I think from that presser, he was, he was raring to go. So to have it get cut short, especially that quickly, I, yeah, I would think it's driving him crazy. Yeah, uh, it seems to be. Um, so there's there we there we are. Contractually obligated. Joe Burrow calf strain update at the top of the show. Uh, we got to take care of. Uh, I wrote about Jonah Williams today. Uh, you know, this was such a huge story throughout the offseason. Uh, he demanded a trade back when they signed Orlando Brown Jr. And then when he first talked, when he showed up for mandatory minicamp after skipping all of the OTAs, um, you know, expressed frustration with the front office for not having better communication with him or any communication with him over the course of this process and still seemed a little mad. Um, Jonah Williams is happy. And and it was notable. I want to credit, and I'm going to bring you a little bit of Jonah here in a second and Frank Pollock talking about him because what's important to start with from a football perspective, dude can play right tackle. No problem. Like we don't know until we actually see it, but you know, Zach Taylor said it. Frank Pollock has said it. It's obvious. He looks natural. He, this has been smooth. It looks absolutely like he belongs at right tackle. He's taken this on the right way and really focused on it and really looks like a guy who's not going to have any problem moving over to the right side. Now we don't know. He could get out there and maybe play poorly when the game start, but in in going through what you want to see in practice, Boy, it has been fantastic to see. And I think his mood is reflective of that. Yeah. Is that you can tell he knows, okay, I, I can do this. This I, I can do this. Yeah. And as you pointed out in the story, and you pointed out when we talked about it on the podcast, you gotta think he's come up with some perspective on this. You know, being a right tackle is a good thing these days. And you can make a lot of money being a right tackle. You can certainly make a lot of money if you're a guy who can play right or left tackle. So at some point it's like gamble on yourself, bet on yourself and it could pay off. Now he's got to stay healthy and he's got to produce on the field. I think the other part of it that the Bengals got to be thrilled with is now you've got like legit competition at that position. How many years has it just been plug and play, whatever dude you could get off the street or somebody you convinced yourself was worth it. Um, It's a real yeah, it's a real win-win. And on top of that, I mean, we'll get into Logan Wilson too. The the way this team has navigated uh, landmines of dysfunction, mm-hmm. you could name for a band right there, landmines of dysfunction. It's pretty good. Yeah, Jay um, would see them in uh, Hamilton yeah. VP. <laughs> He's probably there now. Um, <laughs> you look around, you look at even the rivals. You, you figure the Ravens went through all the Lamar stuff. Now they got J.K. Dobbins, man. You got the Chiefs with Chris Jones. You know, they, they shipped off Frank Clark. Like, Every team's got some drama out there. I'm trying to find the drama on this team. It's like every time we think we're going to get it, things work out. So it seems like Jonah kind of falls in that category unless we're not seeing something. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens uh, as we get into more deals that need to get done. I want to bring in, it's just going to start with Frank Pollock, followed by Jonah Williams in the locker room. Shout out for James Rapine for uh, a great question about the fact that Jonah just seemed so happy. This was after about five or six minutes of us talking. He was cracking jokes and smiling the whole time after a practice. 
Um, and, and that kind of got that started in that direction. Uh, so here is Frank Pollock, followed by Jonah Williams. So far, he looks like he's been there for a few years. I'm impressed. I mean, it's hats off to him. It shows that he he took the challenge and he worked on it every chance he could while he was rehabbing his knee. So, And he's a good player. He's athletic. He's a smart player. He's just grooving that power hand and that power foot. And my hat's off to him. It's really been a lot more seamless and smooth than I would anticipate for any guy. So it just shows the, the quality player uh, that Jonah is. So I'm really excited about where he's at and his transition right now. I can't help but notice you smile a bunch as we've been asking these questions. You in a good mood? I'm in a good mood. I'm healthy. I'm playing football. And I feel good out there. Like, um, I don't have anything to complain about. Life's good. I've got a beautiful daughter. I'm gonna, I, I get to see her for 15 minutes in the morning before I come here for the 14 hours. And then, and then she's asleep when I get home. So life is good. Jonah, there, there's always pressure on every single guy in here every year to play, play well. But when you're in the situation that you're in and you know this is the year for you to show it and there's a lot of money on the line, is it a different mentality, a different focus, a different energy to, to man, if I can do this, if I can get this where I want to get it, it could mean a lot, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think that it, the NFL is so hard and the... The competition you go against is so high that if you don't come in with that attitude every year, then you're going to get killed. And so, you know, so I think that it's, I definitely feel that, but I felt that my whole career. I'm trying not to think about the big picture like that. Like, it, it's it's easier for me to attack every day. It, it's kind of hard for me to think about big picture stuff like that. But I'm excited about all those opportunities. And I just know that, you know, I believe in myself and my ability. And I know that when I do things the right way, like I do, that, you know, I'll be able to achieve what I want to achieve. So I'm just focused on today. But I know, you know, that'll help me in the long run. I mean, I remember we talked a while back and it was just want to have a year where I stay healthy and just do the whole year and you did that and yeah. it's like you, you feel like you I mean you've proved you feel like you've proved yourself in this league at this point I mean it seems like from my perspective yeah, I don't know how you feel about that like, yeah I mean I think I have and um, you know I've played 47 games which is a lot more than most people yeah. <laughs> ever would even yeah. the ones that make it to the NFL yeah so I think I have a lot of experience under my belt but at the same time I'm 25 years old yeah. I'm going into year five, but I'm 25, so I know I have, like, I still haven't gotten to, like, my peak yet, my prime yet, um, but I'm approaching that with a lot of experience, so I feel like I'm in a good position, and I know I have the right attitude, and I'm just going to keep on keeping on. All right, so there it is. I mean, you can hear it in Jonah's voice, you know, and, and I, 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 I thought I wanted to include that bit in there at the end uh, about playing, you know, in his contract, there was so much pressure on the line. I mean, he, he legitimately, depending on how he plays this year, is the difference of tens of millions of dollars yeah. in 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 money in, in what he could make because the potential, like he says, I mean, he's 25. I mean, people think of him as almost like an old man. He's 25. He's turned 26 in, in November. He's going to be hitting his prime into the market at a premium position that pay, is willing to pay a lot of money, even for average, if he can come out and be above average at right tackle with his background and have a healthy year and the team makes a run, I mean, that's the difference between making 17, 18, 19, hell, $20 million yeah. per year and making 8 to 10 to $12 million per year. And maybe there's even a floor lower than that if it goes really poorly. But I don't, you know, it's, 
that's incredible when you really think about it. And I think his ability to to go granular and be like, I cannot be a guy that thinks, but there's too much out there. All I need to do is learn how to play right tackle, try to focus on getting better that every day, play the best right tackle I can, and just not worry about the rest of the other stuff. And I think him learning this offseason to let go of all of that other stuff you worry about in the offseason, think about your future and just focus on football specifically has really been the key to him becoming happy Jonah, happy Jonah man who's here now <laughs> to play right tackle and solidify this line big time. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially when you just come down to like these stigmas of I want to be a left tackle or I want to be this position, like, you know, I think we've all come to the conclusion that right tackle is just as important as left tackle. And sounds like he came to that realization when you look around and you see a Mike McGlinchey making yeah. huge bank in Denver and you you read what 49ers fans have to say about it. You'd think there's nothing they'd be happier about than to pass him along. But that that's where Jonah could be next summer is, yeah. is or next spring is getting that that sort of money. So good for him. Really, it's a tip of the cap to him. Yeah, a lot of parallels between Williams and McGlinchey, who kind of have sort of some up and down roller coaster background, but I think as a whole would would will probably do pretty well on the market. I think I think you could look at him as very much a comp uh, yeah. if he hits if he has a, a normal season this year. Let's um let's get into the Logan Wilson deal before we bring Mo in. Um, I, I, when I wrote about this, a kind of the thing that kept kept coming up in my head before we talked to Logan and then really smacks you in the face after you talked to Logan. Uh, we had him for a press conference on Sunday afternoon. He signed it Friday night, which thanks, by the way, appreciate yeah. them, you know, Brett putting that out there on a Friday night while everyone's trying to be out enjoying themselves. Um, but you, this was easy. This was, this was something that both sides clearly wanted Okay, you you had a clear template of what his market probably was. He wasn't looking to try to pull some crazy break the bank, break them over the coals. He wanted fair money. They wanted to give him fair money. He, I, it was, it's always fun to go back and remember the names of all the times they swung and whiffed hard <laughs> uh, on third round linebackers or looking for any kind of a three down linebacker. And yeah. technically... They hit on Jermaine Pratt, yeah. but he still isn't really their three down linebacker that they like, or they wouldn't have needed to sign Logan Wilson. So really you could put him in the mix with PJ Dawson and Malik Jefferson and Sean yeah. Porter and go down. They just keep trying these third, fourth round picks to find this three down linebacker. And they couldn't forever. They finally got it. They had no interest in letting that thing walk out the door, yeah. um, especially as a core culture piece. He's older so it really mattered to him to to not be a year, you know, to be talking about 28 when he's hitting the market. I mean, all of this pointed to get it done. It makes sense. It's easy to do. And they were able to do it. And then you hear him talk even more. And there were even more reasons that he spilled about why he really also wanted to be here. And um, I, I just thought that made it just always made sense. It was an, it was easy and it kind of exposes that it does look like they're moving. They're not going burrow down. They're going yeah. easy to hard. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I know, think that was, yeah. that was the only kind of surprise by it. I think we've all conditioned ourselves to figuring that as we have to, I think again, by contract, have to call it the first domino to fall. Yeah. We, we just expected it to be burrow. I think now, and, and you'll probably elaborate on this more, but I think now you get a little tense about T and where it goes with him. 
I thought it was interesting. I'm going to go back to my avoiding landmines, how supportive T was both on Twitter and in his interviews after the fact of Logan getting that deal. And it says a lot about him in our day and age of grown ass men, you know, taking the team off their Instagram account when they're mad about something. <laughs> T was more like, no, we need this dude. This is a good dude and he deserves what he gets paid. And that's encouraging, I think, because it doesn't sound like there's just bitterness sitting out there because somebody else got paid first. So mm -hmm. um, we'll see where those other dominoes go. But the big one's still up there and yeah. they managed to get this. Done. Yeah. And, you know, I thought, and Logan mentions in it, I, you know, I hopefully with this, we'll st you'll be able to get everything else done. People love to read into that and I think make that into a thing. I, I, I think they all are under the idea that they're trying. I, that doesn't mean that Logan's out here, you know, taking less than he can get. So they, they made a deal yeah. that this means you can No, he, he everybody says it like want to keep as many people as you can. Yeah, of course you do. Like that it's it's not I, really it, players never begrudge other players of that no. either though you know it's not like any players expecting their teammate to go and just uh, lay down and be like well i'll take a, you know a third less than what i should get so these guys can be here so yeah that's but it's we'll see i mean you gotta the Bengals are becoming kind of wizards with making these puzzle pieces fit this is going to be probably what? the the trickiest one they've ever had to yeah, no, there's still a lot of puzzle pieces out there and they're like weird ones, you know, like if you yeah. ever done one of those hard, <laughs> like those really hard puzzles. Uh, yeah. We had one the other day we got as a gift and it was like a it was like a Cincinnati Reds puzzle. And but it had like it, they weren't anything normal resembling a puzzle because every puzzle <laughs> piece was made to look like a baseball player. Oh, yeah, I've seen and these. I'm like. I, I must have we my wife and I must have spent like four hours trying to do this thing and just like trying to figure it out. And I'm like, I feel like that's kind of that's where Katie's at right now. She's yeah. just sort of like staring at like, why do they all have to be shaped like baseball players? This is, <laughs> this is far too hard. Uh, and but, you know, they're, so they're they're still working through it. But no, I thought I thought it was it was a uh, good for everybody. And and now it does get hard. Though. I mean, it really does. Yeah. I mean, now now the, the, the Logan was never to me the real question. This was always about T. This was always about the borough structure. Those are the two things that matter through this extension summer, and those are still hanging out there. Um, and and we'll see what happens with them. But for now, uh, you know, checking the boxes, check check check. I've sort of called it their nesting. You know, where it just feels yeah. like they're getting ready. They're just moving everything, everything they can. And it's because they know the range. I mean, yeah. because of where they're at with Burrow, they know where this thing's going to end up. They're closing in with that. So when you're there, you know, you definitely have this because we got to talk about pie, Dave. You yeah. know, we we know we have this much of a slice for Logan. He's comfortable <laughs> with this slice. Slice him up. Let him eat. Yeah. Right. And now yeah. we can go on to the to, to the take the knife somewhere else on the pie. On the kaleidoscopic pie. The kaleidoscopic yes. pie. It's yeah. That's a hard one to make, you know. You don't, you don't. It's, it's hard, hard to bake up the kaleidoscopic pie. Um, all right, so we're we'll get into a few more nuggets and other things here in a minute. But let's start now by bringing in our friend, your friend, everyone's friend, Mo Egger, ESPN fifteen thirty. What's up, buddy? We're gonna talk about pies. I I feel like we talk about pies every episode now. Yeah, because it's just like it it it's what I want to do. I like the pie analogy. I like thinking about pie. It makes me happy. So yeah, I I, I like the pies. I like talking about pies. What's your favorite I, pie? Well, let's see. Uh, God rest her soul. My grandmother's apple pie, the absolute yeah. greatest. Mm -hmm. 
banana cream pie. I love. I like pumpkin pie. Mm-hmm. I like blueberry pie. Blueberry uh, pie. Yeah, see, I'm not blueberry I think pie. I pass a little on blueberry pie. Oh, There's so many dear. other better options. Have you ever had coffee ice cream pie? Just Ooh, killer. Just absolute. Good. Just absolute killer. My wife makes an Oreo pie. I mean, I. How much time you got, man? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we're we're pretty deep into the show already. I think we're no. I'm comfortable. I'm always comfortable going into deeper pie talk. If you'd like to, uh, it's not a it's not an Likewise. issue for me. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U S based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, but we can't today because we have a we have a couple of really important topics. Okay, good. Um, I- including one that we have, well, you have personally foreshadowed and awaited for some time. <laughs> I will get to that in a minute. Oh yes. No, I want to say I want to save that. I'm going to tease that. Okay, you know? very okay. good. I'm I'm trying to learn from you here. Uh. I want to start with this. The preseason starts Friday, Mo. Yes. Are you excited? Sure. Sure. It's better than no preseason. Yeah. It's better than no games. I guess so. There's just <laughs> not a lot to figure out, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, there are years where as much as we all like to bang on preseason football, which from an entertainment perspective has... I mean, I think me talking about pies for three hours would be better. Uh, it, it doesn't bring much to the table, but there are years where you're like, all right, I I, I want to see some things unfold. You know, last year, Cordell Volson, Jackson Carmen, I thought was interesting for a bunch of different reasons. And it was abundantly clear about five minutes into the uh, first preseason game that Cordell Volson was uh, well ahead of Jackson Carmen. I don't I don't know that there's anything that really excites me in terms of a battle. But, you know, to me, it's just like, all right. It feels like in large part because of the burrow injury, like training camp has lasted for four weeks. Now we'll just we'll click off the preseason games. Hopefully they're uneventful. Hopefully they don't really uh, present much in the way of anything to talk about, because usually when there's something to talk about after a preseason game, something has gone horribly wrong. But yeah, sure. I, I I'm I'm not I'm not going to the preseason game. I won't even be in town for it, but. Yeah, I, there's part of me looking forward to it, I guess. Well, I guess my question was going to be what classifies a positive preseason for you. It, it, I, I mean, I think for most people, it's strictly about staying healthy. Um, yes. Maybe maybe seeing progress from some rookies, obviously, is, 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 is the biggest. I think that's what it is now. And I think I don't know how much we're going to see of the safeties of Nick mm-hmm. Scott and Dax Hill. I think that's an interesting thing. Um within the context of games one and two uh, is how much they feel like they need to see those two guys. Cause 
I think it's telling where if Lou Anarumo feels like he's seen a lot of good that he wants to see out of them and 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 then Wednesday will be enough, the joint practice would be enough where they're not going to go risk them or need them out there in games. But or if he feels like, man, I really I we need to I need to see these guys with live bullets, then I think we'll see them and for how much um, on Friday and then, you know, the next week in Atlanta. Yeah, it's you know, there's always something interesting about seeing guys that you've heard about and talked about and discussed uh, the pros and cons of drafting them and and then seeing them play. For me, a successful preseason game, uh, you know, obviously it's it's avoiding any sort of major injury. And then for me, quite frankly, and this is where I fold in the the job that I have presents something within the game for me to talk about. It, it, and and ideally, that's you know, hey, look. This guy showed well enough in the preseason that it might not matter in terms of where he plays week one, but it could be something you file away later in the season when attrition invariably uh, takes a toll. And so, you know, I, I, on the offensive line, we're all gung ho, right? Like this, this could be the, this should be the best offensive line that Joe Burrow has ever played behind. Awesome. Um, What happens when there's an injury? Uh, which, you know, sort of torpedoed their chances to a degree against Kansas City last year was a major story during the postseason. Do we get glimpses into offensive line depth, Um, whether they be, you know, guys who you would plug in almost immediately or maybe somebody down the road that if you're like, God, all hell's breaking loose on the offensive line, go back to the time against Green Bay that this guy uh, played pretty well. So I I always like sort of filing stuff away, Uh, even if it's, you know, um, Joseph Osai. In before he got hurt, unfortunately, what I remember most about that Bengals Bucks game, uh, week one of 2021 was Joseph Osai. And then so he got healthy. You started to think about his role in the team in 2022. You couldn't help but go back and bring back how he played in that first half against Tampa Bay when he was was basically unblockable. So I guess if anything, I use preseason for that. Can I also offer a bit of a plug? Ooh, yes, let's go. Some of the very best football radio you will hear uh, is in the fourth quarter of a preseason game when Dan and Lap are kind of done calling the plays, but they basically turn the second half of the game into a podcast. Yeah. Uh, I've said this for years. Like, that's they start to talk about things they've seen during training camp practices, which, which obviously, you know, most people aren't at. Uh, they they really dive into the nuts and bolts of roster construction, and here's how this piece might fit. I've said this for a long time, usually because when I go to preseason games, I'm gone well before halftime, and I listen to the last the, the second half in the car. Uh, in the regular season, Dan and Lap are great, but they're focused on the the, the play, what's happening during the game. It's a little bit more of a free-flowing conversation between two, for my money, iconic broadcasters, really as the game sort of winds down and there's just, you know, the, the nuts and bolts of the game are, are more irrelevant than they were when the game actually started. I think that is the best Bengals radio we have. And, and you, you, could, you could hear it on ESPN 1530. No, of course. There you go. Well done. Uh, on that note, what I think we might hear on ESPN 1530 this afternoon is me and you talking about Andre Yoshibash. <laughs> because this is it mo it happened this is it this, of course it's this, happened this, of course it's happened of course it's happened i, I it, was it, i was sitting <laughs> 10 feet from where i'm sitting right now watching the saturday of the nfl draft and they take this dude from princeton and i said to absolutely no one in particular 
Well, there's going to be a time in the middle of August where it's the Andre Yoshivash window where <laughs> he's the talking point and we've arrived at it and I'm here for it. Yes, you're here for it. Are you on the Andre Yoshivash hype train? Choo, choo. Are you in? Hell yes, I am. <laughs> Look, first of all, you talk about something that I want to watch on Friday. It's Andre Yoshivash. Look, every year. Every year we do this now, look with in regards to the player himself, um, uber fast track star, very productive at Princeton. Did you know what he was I, a heptathlon champion, Mo? Yeah. What, what yeah. I love doing uh, for our show is I, I like getting on the position coaches from their colleges yeah. because, you know, usually the relationship is is, you know, it's there's there's more closeness to it than than if you get on the head coach or sometimes even the coordinator. So. We got on the Princeton University wide receivers coach, and he was he was awesome and legitimately made me think like, OK, I know I goof on the fact that the 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 low round or college free agent wide receiver ends up being the talk of camp for a day or two every single year. And that that is true. Every single year there is a wide receiver from out of nowhere. Uh, it's Kobe Hamilton. It's uh, oh, Kobe uh, Hamilton was never that guy. He never. It, I don't think Desmond Kobe Briscoe, yeah. Des Briscoe, uh, James Wright. It's Auden Tate. It's yeah. J- yeah. So every year we do maybe Kobe Hamilton's not a, a good example, but still. <laughs> and so it's going to be Andre's turn, but uh, it's coming from like places you wouldn't expect. Like I would expect it from you guys. When I see a <laughs> clip of uh, Peter Schrager on NFL network talking about Andre Yoshivash, who I'm sure he had never heard of three weeks ago. Yeah. Like I, I love it. I love, I love it for the player. I think it's cool. I don't know if this guy is going to make an NFL roster. I don't know if he's ever going to catch an NFL pass, but for like a day or two, everybody's talking about him in like real big boy NFL terms. I think that's cool. I do think, I do think it's coming from a good place in that this is real. I mean, this is not made up. He he is legitimately opening eyes. He's turning heads. He's not as raw as they thought he was going to be. And mm-hmm. the pieces of why you could believe in someone being around in the sixth round was okay. He's off the beaten path because of Princeton, but you knew that he was really smart. Uh, because of Princeton, because you have to be smart to go to an Ivy League school, I've been told. Yeah. And then he also is obviously an incredible athlete, and he did have plenty of plays where you could see him flash that he could put it together. And then you put that with Troy Walters, who's an incredible wide receivers coach. Mm-hmm. And and you could see, okay, if those three things can connect, you could you could have something. And I think you're seeing it, because it's not just these flash plays, and we saw on uh friday i believe he had this like diving catch for in a red zone drill and then we saw he had a high point yesterday over the top of um dj turner with uh, a safety kind of coming over too and we've seen that it's that now what i've noticed and i think is a real difference maker i tweeted this the other day just making the the ordinary plays look easy more Mm -hmm. often it's not you know track star goes up and gets one it's catching the ball on the run with a little toe drag while on a scramble drill. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's creating separation on an out that makes it an easy throw. And you're seeing though, you really see those as much earlier when you started seeing those. That's when I said, okay, now you're starting to see what really will matter in getting him on the field is if you can see those consistently. And I do think that there's something to that, but I have trivia for you before you go. Just uh, FYI, we, we yeah. in, in my world, we call this the Kumaro effect. Oh, there it is. It's, it was I waiting. Mean, 
it's the Kumaro Kumaro effect, right? If yes. I can spit it out, uh, because yes. you know Jake Kumaro was like the first guy that it was like I'm sitting in a radio studio and it's like, boy, all they're doing down there is tweeting about Jake Kumaro, and then mm-hmm. you know the the legend of the then Lapham like gave his stamp of approval, which which that's always a big deal. You always yes. talking about like the, the the radio, if if Lap like stamps the you know the seal like I I approve of this guy, it sends the fan base into places that are. Uh, almost unimaginable. So yes. uh, that started with Kumaro. It is continued. And so now Andre Yoshivash is enjoying the fruits of the Kumaro effect. T- taking note of six round pick Andre Yoshivash, I will ask you this. Mm-hmm. How many wide receivers that were drafted in the last 10 years in the sixth or seventh round do you think have had a 1,000 yard season? In the sixth round or sixth six, round six or, or seven, six or six seventh or seven, round, six or later, six or seventh round draft pick wide receiver last 10 years. There's been, you know, in numerous numbers of them, obviously, there's tons, tons of receivers go off the board, all those picks. Um, how many do you think have contributed a single 1000 yard season? Zero. That's correct. Zero. Mm-hmm. None. I mean, <laughs> we do this, though. Yes. We do this though. Every well, year it's, you it's, don't have to have a thousand yard year to be a productive player. No, and, and that's that. This is my point. My point is about expectations. Mm-hmm. Okay, don't say. Look, there was a fan who yelled Yoshi the other day when he went up for oh, one. Okay, we're, going, we're yelling Yoshi now. Yoshi, don't don't think that this is like okay, okay. The T Higgins era parent is here. Okay. Oh, that is jeez. I'm just saying. Are you I getting any of that? I'm just, I just don't I, I'm trying to like, you know, nip it in the bud. All Rip right? up the contract. Don't <laughs> need tea here. Just, Let them walk. Right. I'm Not just saying Shavash. productive fourth or fifth receiver. Nice guy who's a backup. Yeah. Think Trenton Irwin. Right. I mean, that's awesome. totally that is that is absolutely on the table. But if you think you're going to go getting I mean, it, it, Antonio Brown was a six round pick in 2010 and was the last mm-hmm. time we saw anything really turn. I mean, that's it's it, it's a generation, a football generation where this can happen uh, Four receivers drafted in the sixth or seventh round in the last 10 years have had 700 or more yards. Now you start to get into more realistic ceiling. OK, okay? Rashard Matthews, Quincy mm-hmm. Anunwa. Donovan Peoples-Jones had one last year in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Russell Gage had a couple that he put together. There you go. Like, nice, right. nice complimentary pieces. I mean, if if Yoshivash became anything, even a starter, mm-hmm. this league, it would be an all-time upset when you really look at the history of what the league has produced. Now, now I'm, not, I'm not trying to, like, dump cold water onto Yoshis, but I'm just saying, like, it, let's let's try to keep proper perspective here, please. See what he needs is it Burrow's obviously not practicing. What he needs is like a Joe Burrow practice where after the practice, Burrow, mm-hmm. Joe Burrow offers the stamp of approval and then it's on. Like yeah. we just need the um, you know, Aaron Rodgers did this to uh Josiah DeGuara, the former Bearcat, where uh, you know, his rookie year, he's like, Man, you know what? He he seems to know how to get open, uh, blah blah, blah great hands. And like Bearcat Twitter, that was great. That was awesome. It was like Aaron Rodgers likes Josiah DeGuara. This guy's going to be the next Gronk. That really hasn't happened. (laughs) Um, So what we need for Andre is we need for, even if Joe Burrow speaks out of pocket, like where he's not practicing, but he's like, hey, you know, watching the practices and being there for the preseason games, this Yoshivash guy really can't wait to get back on the field so I can throw passes to him. Then 
I mean, the the snowball, you won't be able to stop. it. So, yeah, look, first of all, can we see how he performs in preseason games, which I'm excited to watch? Can we see if he sticks on a practice squad here? And can we see if he turns that into a place on an NFL roster one day and then see if he can be a productive pass catcher? Like those are, there's a lot of steps that have to happen before we talk about him having even a 400 yard NFL season, but I hope it happens for him. Seems like a really good dude. I love a fun success story. Uh, It'd be neat to have a, you know, a productive Ivy leaguer on the team. Awesome. I'm, I'm here for it, but, but you're right. The, the odds, the odds are not in his favor which is why we root for stories like this. I love how much air we just dedicated to Andre Yoshivash. This is what August is for, (laughs) because come September the 10th, if I'm talking about Andre Yoshivash, things have probably gone very, very poorly. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, things if if we if we're like, you know, closing it on Halloween and Andre Yoshivash has an actual football reference game log, that's probably not going to bode well for uh, the mighty Bengals. Uh, but look, I mean, Trent Irwin too, though. I mean, I mentioned him earlier. I mentioned him again. I mean, it's sure. uh, when he he came in and was a huge part of last season, and he was four touchdowns, undrafted, undrafted dude out of nowhere. Uh, so right. maybe maybe Yoshivash eventually can become uh, something like that, where a guy can come off the bench and you don't feel like you lose anything major. Again, I, we don't need to. I'm happy. Maybe we can go down a whole Trent Irwin wormhole while we're at it. Who, by the way, has looked really good and solidified mm-hmm. himself as number four receiver. Um, that's all great. That that's all fine. They're in they're in such a good spot at receiver, which I think is really the grander point here. Oh, that, you, yeah. know, you come if, if if there's a training camp observation that I can uh, offer you. I know I'm not in your three forty five four forty five window here. I'm 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 allowed. I'm not down on the grass. I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, but <laughs> uh, you know we the receiver room is in such good hands right now. I mean, and I don't no pun intended. I mean Jamar Chase. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd making making plays every single day, making star plays every day. Um, and then you're seeing the consistency and the flashes from Charlie Jones, mm-hmm. from Trenton Irwin, from our guy Yoshivash um, down the line that you want to see out of your backups. Where it's like, man, you can see these guys can be becoming something. Um, and and you know that is a big deal to make you feel really good about the depth of your position there in case you need to utilize it over the course of the season. Um, I think it's add that in there, toss that in there with defensive line, toss yeah. that in there with cornerback, toss that even, even in there with you know some of the offensive line who potentially is starting to show its depth a little bit where you're really happy with the depth of this team. Well, you know, I mean, Boyd Higgins and, uh, and Jamar chase, my money is not on them each playing all 17 games. Mm-hmm. It's just how the sport works. And I think one of the, to me at least, one of the, the more interesting storylines coming into this year, it's it's not unlike something we talked about a year ago. You know, when, when folks were sort of driving the, God, you know what, the 21 Bengals might have been a little bit fluky. They were sort of lucky everything went their way. I, I think to a large degree, those themes undermine what they really accomplished. But yeah, they they really enjoyed great health. Now, things did fall apart in the offensive line late, but you know, again, last year, I think you and I talked about this, and I, I think you tweeted this out in terms of like games lost. The Bengals were one of the more fortunate teams over the last two years. Does that really repeat itself in, in year three? Hopefully the answer is yes, but there's a pretty good chance the answer is going to be no. And so, 
does this team's depth get tested in ways that the 21 team's depth wasn't tested? And look, there were injuries. There was, you know, Chidobe Awuzie missed half a season and, and, and Jamar Chase missed time. I mean, Joe Mixon missed two games. There were injuries, but there wasn't this catastrophic wave of injuries or a, a huge injury to just a key player that just put them out for a really long amount of time. DJ Reader missed some time. So if those sort of things happen, let's say it happens at the wide receiver spot. All right, you know, we're going to do the whole next man up thing. Does does Trent Taylor slid into a, a a more prominent role? Does 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 he does he produce? Same for Charlie Jones. Maybe down the road, Andre Yoshivash. Uh, that to me is an interesting part of this season, in part because, you know, statistically, uh, you just you you wonder about teams year to year. These things tend to balance themselves out. You enjoy great health one year, the next year maybe not so much. They've enjoyed great health, relatively speaking, the last two years. Okay, does that catch up to him in year three? And then in what ways is the depth going to be tested? When the depth has been tested the last two years, for the most part, they've they've passed uh, with mostly flying colors. Jackson Carmen slid in and played well against uh, the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs last year. Uh, the offense really got going with uh, with the absence of of Jamar Chase. T. Higgins had two 100-yard games. They didn't lose a game in the regular season without Shadobi Awuzie once he got hurt on Halloween. But if the depth gets tested even more, does the roster as a whole respond to that? And so, yeah, I, you know, as much as we goof around talking about dudes lower on the depth chart, when those guys are forced into a larger role, are they ready? And maybe the preseason gives us a few hints into whether the answer is yes. Uh, we will, we should just have this same discussion about Yoshivash over again on ESPN 1530 today from three to four. I, I, hope. I mean, I, hope. I need, I need like, I'm I'm not going to be uh, I, I'm going to go into a concert on Friday in Chicago. And so my sincere hope is I look at my phone at about uh, 945, because hopefully for your sake, the preseason games are less than three hours. And like the Rams game last year, I mean, it was like a pitch clock special. I think it was like two hours <laughs> and 12 minutes. But anyway, I want to look at my phone, pull up the box score and see like six catches, 94 yards one TD, Andre Yoshivash, mm -hmm. put my phone away. Show is set for Monday at 3.05. That's what I want. <laughs> I hope you get it for your sake. Mo, I will see you this <laughs> afternoon. All right. All right. Much thanks to Mo Egger, who will be enjoying Bruce Springsteen instead of Andre Yoshivash on Friday. I guess good for him. Bruce fans, you know, they're, they're loyal. We'll see. I'm when Andre Yoshivas puts on a Lance McCutcheon like display. Oh, he he was he was the Rams Andre Yoshivash. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and Mo will be sorry. We'll yes, that. Uh, let's get through some nuggets quickly. Some and a few other things before we get into. I want to tick through the, these rookies and give you guys a feel for what we I've kind of been seeing uh, from them. Uh, a few other things going on. We had the Ken Riley. Uh, speech is induction happened this past weekend. Wrote about that. Uh, um, his his widow Barbara sort of talking about how hard this past weekend was. Uh, congratulations to the Riley family to Ken the second who had did a great job with the speech, and um, you know hopefully um, this is the start of things to come for former Bengals because it's sad that it was just really sad that 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 Ken wasn't there for it. I, I found that emotion was most prevalent with me watching that on Saturday. Yeah. And kudos to them. The family's just been a class act throughout. They could have 
they took the high road through it all. They, you know, they talked about the the bittersweet aspect of it, but they still kept it positive. And you just got to feel good for his family. Um, as much as sad as it is, I think it's it's a great thing for them and all the work they've put in to getting the attention brought to him. And he got what what he finally deserved. And uh, his bust looked good after I, I made fun of the busts last week. I think they must be uh, doing some. Uh, Doing some three D scanning or something. We're not we're not seeing as many of the Lionel Richie hello busts anymore. <laughs> uh, run past your boot time, Dave. All right. Um, let's do a little little RPB action. Uh, who's next? Willie Anderson, Ken Anderson, or the field? Ooh, this is um, this is a hard one. Um, Ken is still uh, up with the senior vote happening going down this month. Um, amongst the 12 finalists there, Willie, of course, has been in the mix here uh, outside, just outside the last few years. And then uh, some of the others that we know, I mean, you might have heard Corey Dillon thinks he might have a case. <laughs> um, Chad Johnson, of course, could have a case. You've got you've got a number of former Bengals that could have a case or both of these could never could not get in. And it would end up being in an Andrew Whitworth or uh, A.J. Yeah. Green or Geno Atkins conversation yeah that makes the field enticing obviously because yeah. you, you've got lots of options if these two don't get in uh would you like me to go first go ahead yeah let's hear it i'm gonna go run with willie okay and it kind of goes back to our jonah discussion earlier i think the view of a right tackle has changed so much that um when you look back and just see how the all pros and how dominant he was it's not the old left tackle blindside guy anymore um and the fact that Riley getting in has shown voters that, you know, they won't actually summon Beetlejuice if they put another <laughs> angle outside of Anthony Munoz into the hall. Um, I think Willie is a little more contemporary, too. Um, and I think he'll pick up traction and and he would be my most likely. I'm going to pass on Ken Anderson and it kills me to not have him as my run, because in my mind, he's a no brainer. And I was the the reason I hold out some hope for him. Uh, is I was looking at some some comps from that era and the fact that Ken Stabler got in and when you look mm. at their numbers next to each other Stabler got in 2016 I love Ken Stabler and I love those old Raiders teams but the only thing really on those resumes that Stabler has over him is that one Super Bowl ring yeah and everything else is very either down the middle or when you get to rushing stats Ken Anderson's are much better uh and then the fact that, um, you know, he was kind of such a pioneer in the West Coast offense, if they start putting it in context, I, I think he belongs there. If you're going to tell me that, you know, Hacksaw Reynolds and Danny Buns making a couple plays at the goal line or the reason Ken Anderson shouldn't be in, then I think that's silly. But um, he's also just each year that goes by, it just gets harder and you just hope that they recognize that. And then I'll put the field last. Like I yeah. said, it's it's uh, it's tempting to take it because you figure Whitworth will get in, and there will be obviously the the crop we have now. If you want to go way down the road, it's probably yeah, going to be producing a bunch of them. Yeah. So uh, that's where I would stand on it right now. What do you think? Uh, I I'll, I'll run with Ken. I, I have a distrust of the senior committee um, that makes me hesitant to say that, but I do think he has the best case. He's the best quarterback that's not in. Um, and and so I, at that point, I think I, I do think and it's just Willie, you know, as 
as much as I think people re- recognize that he is deserved and he should be in there, the fact is that he still hasn't been even into that last layer the last couple of years, despite the momentum that he's gotten. And maybe that will clear and change, but now I'm just looking logistically at how these votes have been going down. Um, and I'll, I'll boot the field, uh, but because I do think one of the two will find their way in before we start talking about eligibility for you know, Witt and Gino and even AJ Green, any one of those three that could, that will be in the next line of conversation. Um, so good RPB there. Let, uh, joint practices are coming up this uh, on, on Wednesday, really the, 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 the number one day of camp, the day that we learn the most day that we see the most. Um, and so we'll have a lot from that, but as far as expectations, I mean, it's it's really a chance to get a good view of the starters. I'm going to be keeping a really close eye on those safeties on Dax Hill and Nick Scott and, and how they look um, and uh, against that Green Bay offense uh, as they 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 go through all of that stuff as far as, you know, is there, do it look like there's blown coverage? Does it look like they're getting around and making the, all the plays they need to make? Um because I I think that's that's kind of a premier thing to get a, get real live reps for those guys more so than we'll see in the preseason. But there you know there's a lot going on with these to try to try. It's hard. There's so much going on with this. If you're coming down, uh, you will be in front of something cool because there's stuff going on everywhere on both fields. Uh, tons to watch. Um, it was fun with the Rams until Aaron Donald swung his helmet last year. <laughs> well, uh, this will be some live action for the the qb2 competition which i know that's it's not sexy talking about your backup quarterback but you know they get a chance to look at the a defense that's green bay's got pretty nice defense so yeah it hasn't been uh sexy play either I, trevor <laughs> simeon i think has played better i mean his worst day was the one in front of all the fans uh, on that Saturday, the back to the other Saturday, I, he's he looked better over when they when they did two days for Browning, two days for Simeon. I thought mm-hmm. Simeon looked better, um, and so I think keeping uh, we'll keep an eye on that as it develops. But right now, I would give a slight edge to Simeon. But again, these games uh, are really going to go a long way to determining that. Um, Travion Williams uh, got dinged with his, in his ankle. Uh, he's going to be okay. In fact, he was in a boot for a day, but he's actually you know, he was out doing rehab. He was out at practice, no boot, no anything. Kind of, he says he's not going to be out that long. Um, that's a big deal because that third down running back thing is is still just kind of sitting out there, Dave. And like you know, Kareem Hunt went to a visit to New Orleans. As we record this, he hasn't signed yet, but. Um, they're looking into him. I mean, there's just, you know, there's a lot of guys still out there that you could see coming in off the street and filling a third down role, but the longer it goes, you know, that's a role where you need to know the protections yeah. you need to know. And the, the longer it goes, as you wait, you wonder, and, you know, we've seen a little bit of pass blocking from the running backs and it's looked okay. Mixon probably maybe had some of the best. Uh, performances of anybody. I thought Chase Brown looked okay. Um, you know, I'm still waiting for him to look a little bit more willing. And he just he looks small out there. You'll notice when you yeah. see him play on Friday, like Chase. That's part, you know that's part of who he is. But when you see him out there, he he, he's, he looks slight. He looks small yeah. um, when you see him play. Now we'll see how he holds up. But there's a lot um, to be figured out there still. Um, you know, guys like Fournette. 
are still out there. Elliott are still out there. These are guys that have logged a lot of snaps on third downs um, in, in recent years that, that could be people that come in. If you feel like you never found an answer, yeah, even Dalvin Fournette, cook. Fournette was a Brady favorite for dump passes and blocking for him. I mean, you know, he'd go out and average 2.1 a carry, but Brady still wanted him out there for those situations. So yeah, there's options out there, but you're right. You can't wait till the last second, expect a guy to plug right in and, and know everything that's going on. Yeah, it's 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 one of those that we need to be keeping a real close eye on, and we will. All right, let's keep going down the line here. Some other you mentioned Travion Williams. Uh, the Bengals have kind of started teasing their all-access show, which is cool. Another one of the investments that they've done. Looked at a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that you're going to see from them. So keep an eye out for that. Looks like ne- some pretty cool stuff uh, coming behind the scenes. I look forward to seeing how they do that. Um <clears throat> Everybody's talking about the NFL top 100. That's great. Uh, Burrow came in at six. Jamar Chase was 39. The list is silly. Um, I I always laugh at it, but the actual clips are cool. Like that, yeah. to me, it, it, stop. I know they have to have some sort of way to tie all of these interviews together to make it a thing and to create the show. Like the actual just players talking about the player yeah. and showing highlights and all their behind yeah. the scenes stuff is the coolest part. I don't care about the rankings, but I think that, you know, those have been, been neat to, I, I enjoyed Burroughs in particular. Yeah. I, I don't, it's the thing I'll give that is it is the players coming up with it. So, you know, everything's subjective in these situations, but uh, if Jamar Chase is only the 39th best player, I don't know. I don't know about that vote. Yeah. feels like he should be a little higher. Um, so we, we we have Dave set your segment is this a thing, um, which was a working title. We had to, we had some good suggestions for some people that that were saying maybe they might have some new ideas though. Yeah, we got uh, McCarran guy on Twitter. Oh, McCarran guy, love McCarran guy. At bearded bagel would be his uh, his handle on there. He uh, he suggested Nimitz mini bits. I'm not sure how <laughs> I feel about that, but it's fun to say. So it we'll uh, we'll accept it because it's fun to say. It feels like it might be insulting. I don't know, but I appreciate <laughs> that he put it out there. We'll go ahead and we'll, we'll give it a shot on that. Do you um, have any Ninimits mini bits? Well, since, we're, <laughs> since the premise of it is, is this a thing? I'll spin it off the NFL top 100. And I'm sure there are guys that are very proud when they're ranked high and guys who don't like when they're ranked low. And it brings me, I, I tweeted this out a couple of weeks ago, that it blows my mind that players get either mad or too excited about their Madden ratings and where they rate in fantasy football. Yeah. Madden ratings in particular. I think there's a lot of guys that are either too cool or too grounded in the real world to give a crap about the fantasy stuff. But is this a thing? Are dudes just being kind of funny when the Madden ratings come out or do dudes really care what some video game company decided their number should be? I think they care. Like, I think some some care. Look, we live in a world where these guys really don't like being disrespected. It all comes true. back to disrespect. That is true. Give me my respect, you know? And guys feel disrespected when they feel like they weren't rated a certain way by a game that they came up loving and maybe still do love or whatever. And so... um, I do think that is a thing for, so I don't, you know, I don't know. No one's rating my writing or reporting or question asking. Like, it's not like, oh, 62 and question asking, get the hell out of here. All right. 
and but there never be a like you sports know, sports reporter Madden game. It'd be the saddest, most like least selling game in history. I will say, if everybody knows of the little smiley faces and frowny faces on the bottom of stories, we used to come up with a score for your stories. Yeah, yeah. And guess what? There were writers who got upset or were jealous if somebody else was acknowledged for their hundred on their story. So yeah, maybe there is something to that. Maybe maybe I shouldn't act like they're in some bubble. The only people that worry about such things. Yeah, no, you should be able to like be more specific. Like, I think the story was yay, and I think the third quote transition was (laughs) meh. So we can make sure that we're like the reporting was, eh. you know, like I think we think we need to like have all the more. All yeah. Different for all but there's people. always that nice guy in comment who apologizes. I accidentally hit nah and yeah. I meant to hit, you know, happy guy. It's, yes. OK, well, that's um, interesting. It's interesting. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Uh, let's um, let's let's get through ticking through these rookies here for people because um, I know a lot of you guys are wondering what's been happening down at practices and, and I feel like these are you know the ones pay most attention to. I spend a lot of time talking to the rookies, talking to their coaches, piling in my observations put together rookie report will be up uh wednesday morning i don't know when you're listening to this if it's wednesday morning congratulations you can go read it too um <laughs> much more up on all these guys let's let's start um at the top we'll start with mr murphy miles murphy out of clemson um a defensive end I- i'll say this a lot of mm, okay it wasn't there was there's no glowing reviews you know, there really hasn't been a ton to be excited about. You know, it, it's all been couched. You know, so these comments are they're always generally flowery when you're asking guys. And 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 I do think it's true and important to remember, like no one's defining careers by the first 10 practices. It's called the Jamar Chase syndrome, right? Let's not yeah. this is not a time to overreact, but that's kind of oh, I put in as a as a quote from Zach Taylor, it stood out to me. He says, We're not gonna overreact to good or bad when asked about Miles Murphy. 
which suggests that that there there's, is bad. there's bad <laughs> and and not and bad's the wrong word but it's like again yeah. nobody needs to be overreacting to any of this but this is just first impression this is about the first impression they've made as they approach the first preseason game i think it's been okay there's plenty of time for him to show different. There's plenty of time for things to go by. His role has been limited. I mean, we've only seen a very small number of these snaps where he kicks inside to this, you know, pass rushing third down guy uh, inside of Joseph Osai or Trey Hendrickson, which I think is something that they maybe plot for him. Uh, so we'll, we'll see if that develops more and how he looks doing that stuff. But for now, it's been, you know, compared to, you know, some of the rest of this class that's had some big moments and really shown some things, it's been quiet. And yeah. he's kind of just kind of workmanlike gone through his way on the uh, on the second teams. And so, you know, it's 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 not, you know, n- nothing major from the first round pick to this point. Um, second round pick DJ Turner, 60th overall. Um, We've written about him. Right. I mean, we've we've talked about this story of week one, and I think continues to be a story of this camp is how good he's looked, how athletic he's been, how many plays he's made. Now, he continues to be kind of he had a couple of moments where he went up over top of Sidney Jones to be the other guy with Chidibe Uze still out. That has relented a little bit. We've seen more of Sidney Jones back as a starter, but this still kind of continues to be a rotation. He's had some plays where you know guys have made plays over him. But for the most part, I mean, he continues to be one of the most impressive rookies in camp. Made a lot. Of, I think you feel really, really comfortable to say your fourth cornerback right now is DJ Turner when you think about the way that he's looked. Yeah. Did you see any drop off once the pads came on? I know that was part of it. That first yeah. week without pads, he's so fast, but he's small. Did you see anything that would show that once they padded up that there was any drop off? No, I mean, I, I, it kind of was, it was more of the same and I, it's, it it was what you'd, what you'd hope to see. I I certainly wouldn't call it a drop off because of that. We haven't, I don't feel like I've noticed plays where he hasn't seemed physical enough, but that's also kind of hard to tell They they, they've gone live for like, three or four short yardage snaps like all camp yeah. so it's not like you're talking about a bunch of stuff um taking advantage well, that's more going to be for the games to see how he looks but he's he certainly looked really good there and that continues to be a positive uh safety jordan battle um got hurt on day one and we hadn't seen him until this weekend until you know he kind of took part again uh on sunday and monday uh, kind of ramping up both of those days and being more in the mix with 11 on 11 and finding some three safety sets. Here's the thing about Jordan battle um, that I think makes you excited and solidifies what we heard in the draft process. And I, I am here. I go. It's Paul spills his future story ideas time. <laughs> he has done what every smart rookie should do or every rookie should do and the smart ones do who's the guy who's been in this league the longest give me the seat next to him in every meeting let me be in his pocket all the time yeah he has latched on to mike thomas 12 year vet undrafted guy who found a way to make it work and he said you know when when i'm hurt when i've been hurt i just stand with mike on the side if he's not in 
and we talk through every play. We talk through everything. Every meeting, I sit next to Mike and Mike Thomas, who's hilarious, joked. He's like, he's like the best is you look over and I'm writing a note and he wasn't doing anything. Then he sees me writing a note and he says, I better write something. <laughs> you see him writing something down. Like, I better write down a note. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to write something because Mike is. But he's that's, you know what? That's what the good ones do. I talked to Nick he, Scott about this and he said Eric Weddle was that for him when he came in. Weddle was there in one of his last couple of years with the Rams. And he's like, I, I just, I wanted to soak it in. He said it was invaluable to me to have that, the real understanding of guys, just a true pros pro that understands how it all works. He's, he's Darren, the intern at Craig America Industries. <laughs> no question. We're going right. to, hey, with Darren's help, we're going to get that chicken. <laughs> I mean, it seems like it fits the makeup of battle, you know, of such a leader at Alabama. And, uh, you know, that seemed to be a lot of what they wanted to get out of him is the makeup of the guy as much as what he could do on the field. So, that's that should be a very encouraging sign to people that are are kind of monitoring how he's doing is that's what you want to see. You don't want a kid that just comes in entitled and thinks he'll figure it out. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And that's that's it. in the same way. Special teams, you know, he is working as personal protector, which is Mike Thomas's current role or was last yeah. year and sitting next to him in those meetings to learn about personal protector, a really important spot, kind of the cerebral spot on that defense, mm. um, which is a big deal. As well, so even though he's been hurt and he's now just back, um, those are important notes. I mean, that's that that's a lot of value placing in him. And, and I, I'm just gonna this is just an in passing, and I want to I, I want to be transparent here. I was kind of interested when I was talking to Luana Rumo about the safeties, and one thing that he said to me was, you know, Nick Scott has been really really helpful in helping Dax Hill, you know. Grow, understand growing up and being a pro and that kind of took me aback a little bit it's like oh we're worried about dax hill being a pro mm. uh and here's jordan battle in mike t's pocket okay and doing everything the way that you want it to now that doesn't mean that jordan battle he's clearly not the same athletic profile as dax hill there's a reason they were differentiated by two rounds yeah. um but i was kind of surprised to hear that i mean you know me i've been kind of a little bit of a dax hill guy and it was a little bit of a pump the brakes comment, not in the fact that it won't be fine or that, that a young guy shouldn't need somebody to teach him how to be a pro. But that's sort of the conversation that we were having with Dax right now. I didn't expect to hear that. It suggests, look, if it gets into week four or five and mm -hmm. Jordan Battle played well in the preseason and Dax is having issues, you know, maybe that's a button that gets pushed mm -hmm. um, at some point. I just I just. Again, this is me reading between the lines of things said to me. This is not yeah. anything more than that. I mean, that's just from conversations and judging tones that you, you know, you get used to hearing. Just a little note that I would say pocket in the back of the brain for down the yeah. line. And as you watch these preseason games, keep in mind how Jordan Battle looks out there. And um, because that could be something to keep uh, a note of as we get going through the season. Uh, let's go down the line. Charlie Jones, fourth round pick. You know, he ha had a shoulder injury that he sustained um, right after one of his, his biggest play of camp, which came on Friday, where all the rookies, all the backup receivers made huge plays. Trent Irwin had that ridiculous, you've probably seen it by now, one-handed yeah. spinning catch. Charlie Jones with a slot fade uh, where he caught a ball over the shoulder and slammed down to the ground and held on to the sideline. Really nice play. He has clearly taken a step after the first week he he looked a little out of place a little slow to react 
and that has changed. I mean, you can really start to see him pop, and, and you saw that on his biggest play. Of course, then he got hurt right after that, and he was gone away for a couple of days, but he's back, was back yesterday, coming back so quickly. There was a lot of nervousness in there. He said he's had a labrum injury before on the other side that took him out for a long time when he was uh, back when he was at Buffalo a long time ago, and now um, he was nervous when that happened on the side, obviously, because he was hoping that wasn't it. Everything yeah. looks good, though. And he said there were some decisions to be made, but he made them and everybody seems happy with it. So he's going to be good to go. I don't know if he'll participate this weekend just because it's so fresh off the shoulder. They might hold him out sure. against Green Bay. But I think there's been really good reviews on the direction that he's going and and looked really, looked really, really good. Um, so I think things are pointing in the right direction with Charlie Jones. Uh, Chase Brown. Um, you know, we got fifth uh, fifth round pick, of course. Again, I mentioned he looks small. I think that's more of just a, a visual. Um, it's hard to judge running backs at this point. He'll be one to really, you know, he that's the position, the player that you really want to keep an eye on offensively in these preseason games because that's about instincts. We, with the little bit that we've seen of these past pro drills, he's, I thought, held up okay. I'd like to see a little bit more willingness when he's doing chips and things off the edge. He looks like he's just kind of running through the motions and kind of being absorbed by the defensive end rather than trying yeah. to actually put a hit in. Um, but outside of that's early in camp stuff. Um, he's working at it. Uh, I haven't seen him have like a bunch, any drops or anything like that. Uh, where there was questions about his hands, obviously coming into camp. So that'll be another thing to keep an eye on. But um, for the most part, it's been okay. It's just hard to judge running backs right now when they're not being asked to power through arm tackles and, and really play live. Right. Uh, Yoshivash, we have touched on. Uh, a little bit. Yeah, Brad Robbins, the punter, was destroying the ball yesterday. Um, you know, that we really saw that it was a heavy special teams day, and I thought, you know, he's really been he, – he's got a lot of – in fact, I talked to Darren Simmons, and he said, actually, they're they're – they're working on trying to scale back his hang time and a little bit because it's like, let's try to, sometimes you do want to direct that power yeah. out and not just holding it in the air for so long, but he's clearly been pummeling the ball um, and he can hit it and learning to hit it deep a little bit more when he needs to is kind of a part of where his development's at, but they're really happy. I think Darren's really happy with Robbins and, you know, everybody hopes that Drew Chrisman gets his health concerns taken care of quickly and figured out, but, you know, I think that on top of the fact that Robbins has looked so good, has let this thing is landing, I think, where we assumed it was going to land. And that's this is going to be Robbins' job. He's going to be their punter. Um, but he's, you know, they've been really happy um, yeah. with with where he's at. And he still has a great mustache. So you got that. That's what really matters. It that's is. Good, yeah, it is. Uh, DJ Ivy. I mean, the guy makes plays. I just... He shows up every practice. He had a PBU against Jamar Chase the other day in a one-on-one. I mean, he's had interceptions. He's athletic. He's long. He's strong. I don't know why he was a seventh-round pick, um, I, but he hasn't looked like that here. I, I think DJ Ivy is making a really strong case to solidify his spot in a really crowded t- room with tough decisions. Yeah. Um, it's that's a that's a crowded spot in the back of the cornerback room right now. Yeah, it's, it's, if he pans out, what a draft this could be for defensive backs for this team. I mean, and really over the last few years, they've they've built something nice. It appears, but uh, that's some serious icing on the cake. If if Ivy turns out to be a guy, 
Yeah, or even just like a solid five. You know, a solid fourth or fifth corner that is young and can continue to develop. You know, it puts Sidney Jones in the crosshairs. Are they going to go young back there totally or try to keep the veteran around? Alan George, you know, he had a great uh, camp last year. Um, Could he do that again? What's going to happen with him? I think you start playing the game of it's 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 about buckets. It's where can I stash all these guys? Who yeah. will the league want? Could you stash Alan George on the practice squad? Could you stash DJ Ivy on the practice squad? Could how can you get all of these guys to stay in the building for promotion up and down? Because it's yeah. so easy to do that now. Um, that's really to me what this game is going to be. Is they don't want to lose these guys, but they're going to be in jeopardy because they're, they're going to have to expose somebody that's done some really nice things on tape. Um, I have a hard time thinking that Ivy is going to be exposed though at this point when you consider what he's shown thus far and the fact that they did draft him. Not a bad problem to have. No, champagne problems. Uh, <laughs> let's go. One last note, Jackson Kirkland, who was their most high-profile UDFA, I think still has a path to make this team. He is just massive. Like it just It's what stands out about him out there. He's huge. Um, and at that guard position, they have leaned into that body type with their new yeah. downhill gap scheme, you know, between Volson and and Brown. You know, you can see Kirkland being like kind of right now a poor man's Volson. He's the same body type, that same huge dude. And they, they, they kind of talk like, look, we kept putting stuff on him and his cup overfloweth a bit. Like <laughs> a little too much. We tried to put on him with install and he started making errors, getting confused. So. They're trying a little bit more at a time, but in terms of doing the basic stuff they were asking them to do, still very happy uh, with who he had been. So that's kind of a rundown of the rookie. So all you guys are wondering how the rookies have been looking. We went down that path. Exhale. Come back and read more about it tomorrow. That's right. More quotes from, uh, I've got stuff on their role, plays that have stood out, key quotes, grades uh, for as far as analysis in general, but the first impression grades. All of that on each one of those players, diving a lot more into those things I just sort of blew through. So if you want that, read it on The Athletic. Subscribe. Um, So we it sort of was discussed that we shouldn't. There was some blowback to us keeping Arby's, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is any related Bengals insight, extras, and stories that we started with Jay because Jay loves Arby's. I had Arby's this week just out of guilt. <laughs> I felt I needed to donate. It should be noted that Jay gave his blessing. He did. On Twitter. He he accused me of being a big Arby's fan, but I was too afraid to say it. I'll eat Arby's. It's fine. I got to say, I had the Jamocha shake. I I am a big fan of the Arby's Jamocha shake. To me, it's their number one menu. The curly fries are solid there. Like, I'm I'm not. It's it's when you start. it's, It's when they start pouring the cheese goo on it is when it starts getting a little <laughs> questionable yeah but um but i mean as far as you know, i'm i'm I, I i'm out here donating eating jamocha shakes like i feel like i'm trying to, i'm trying yeah. to give back and to keep arby's we could name it something else but i just like it a lot no no it's if it's got jay's blessing yes then then we have the meats we can do it <laughs> we have the meats <laughs> uh so um was i had so i had my my daughters came out they like to come out once a year and come watch practice or whatever and it's kind of was a slow practice so i sat in the stands with them for a little bit and we talked about things that were going on and they were doing punting i mentioned brand robbins was was just bombing them and i kind of was telling my my youngest who's about to turn four 
okay, Rosie, you just tell me if they catch it, okay? And <laughs> and 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 so the punter hits it really far, and she's really like intent, like I'm gonna do this job for my dad, and uh, and staring. And as the guy catches it, it's obviously not very exciting for all the people that are in the stands and bleachers. It's it stays <laughs> quiet, and she just turns and goes, "Daddy, he caught it." Like at the top of her lungs, like it was the most exciting thing that's ever happened, and everybody just kind of like like looks and you know, have chuckles or whatever. And it's like you know, I'm thinking, you know what? I hope all of you guys get as excited about something in your life <laughs> as she just was about the fact that he did actually catch that ball. And I was like, okay, bro, you you don't need to make a huge announcement next time. You can just whisper it to me. You know, it's all good. Uh, but it was just it kind of it kind of cracked me up. Um, I, I'm hope I'm hoping that sticks with her her whole life. And anytime yeah. she's like at a bar and a game's on, she just goes crazy it. over a fair catch. Every fair It'd catch so is great. like the greatest moment ever. Yeah, I hope yeah. so too. Uh, it's that that one that one kind of uh, cracked me up. <laughs> uh, I mentioned Dave and I will have the walkout for you after the preseason game, giving a quick analysis uh, of everything we saw there. Uh, and what we learned from Friday night, of course, keep it locked though. Joint practices on Wednesday. We'll have observations coming to you, uh, not just on Twitter, but obviously we'll have a, a story myself, Matt Schneidman from green Bay, uh, down here. We'll, we'll have trying to keep as many eyes as we can on everything that's going to go on and hopefully no helmets swing. We really don't need that this year. No kerfuffles, no Donnie Brooks. We, nobody wants that. Um, all right, Dave, it's been a pleasure as always. And I will talk to you after the game on Friday night. Have a good one, everybody. Mm-hmm.